0: From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Wake up wake up, wake up! wake up! wake up! WarChant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One ball, corner pocket. Now here's WarChant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy. and Corey Clark. What's up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, you thought you were getting a blowout. You did not. But does it even really matter? This defense, national championship worthy? And Mari, whoa, down in Coral Gables, y'all. Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. CPTallyBar.com, the website, 2475 Appalachie Parkway. Home of daily lunch specials, Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for only $8.99 on Mondays. Hamburgers, half-pound Black Angus, also with a side dish of your choice. Also, home to the much ballyhooed much celebrated happy hour meet and greet with the Warchant.com staff. We'll be back out there on Friday at five o'clock. Namely, Jeff Cameron and Corey Clark, Tom Lang, gene Williams. Perhaps I'll make another cameo appearance. We always appreciate seeing everybody out there. Uh, shout out to Owen, his father Jason. Uh, met them, uh, Andrew, my guy, uh, his father Kevin. They came down from Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so many familiar faces out there on Fridays as well too, Core regulars. You might say friends of the program, always good to see them out there. And I actually came out of my house. actually came out of my house on Friday mm-hmm. and hung out. So there you go, everybody.
1: Yeah. You, you blessed everyone with your presence, which was nice. And yeah, it's always fun to, to see the people. Um, I'm terrible with names. Don't remember. I, I don't want to start listing names because mm-hmm. then I'll forget to l- mention somebody else, but just know if you came, said hello, a few people took pictures, uh, throughout the weekend, really not just on Friday, um, like, took pictures with me, not, like, took pictures of me, like, in the in the wild. Mm. Like, big, there's Corey. A paparazzi or whatever. Yeah, Corey yeah. drinking a Mio. Um, <laughs> I, We really do appreciate it. It's very nice, and you guys are always very kind uh, with the things you say.
0: And also, shout out to my guy, Dominic, young fan of the program, Corey. Says he listens to every show, uh, him and his father, John.
1: Oh, D-Train? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, uh, nice. Inter- intercepted me on my way into the stadium, but it was all good. I actually, I wasn't, like, uh on time. I was late per usual, but I wasn't, like, in a in – a, Much of a rush because I know you and I are there being professionals. Matt Lassere also as well. So, But uh, took a photo, so that was cool. Shout out, Dominic. Uh, Listen to your father. Seems like a good guy. Probably in life's correct uh, direction. So that's all I got to say on that. Anyhow, Corey, uh, Florida State moving up a slot in the polls. If it ended today, we'd be in the playoffs. Shout out. We're back. Uh, 39-17 win. Good teams win. Great teams cover. So maybe we can debate whether or not they're good or great. Uh, And they
1: covered last week. They or did, or the last game against Clemson.
0: Yeah, uh, I think they'll do it this week against Syracuse. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I guess let's look at the let's look at the game, maybe just in a vacuum core, if we could, then expound and then see what it, it means, what it says. But uh, just to, to jump out, I guess the, the the headline really is the fact that they wanted to start fast, they started fast, and they actually end up having to hold on. But uh, how much of that twenty two to zero good feeling do you think people walked out of Dope Campbell with, or how much of it was? You know, thirty nine, seventeen. Eh.
1: Oh, I don't know. I hope the eh is just. I just hope people that say eh are looking around the country. I don't know how many times I can say it. I, I just don't know. You. There, there are. I think there's fourteen undefeated teams left in the country. There's two teams, Washington and Georgia, that have won more games in a row than Florida State in the whole country. Georgia's, I don't know, somewhere in the twenties. Washington is at. 13, I think, or 14, and Florida State is at 11 because the other FSU lost. Mm. Uh, Fresno State, their winning streak came to an end at Wyoming. So, um, you know, look, we can talk about what they did well and what they didn't do well, but I hope you realize that, number one, this isn't a perfect football team. Those don't exist. The closest one I've ever seen is the 13 team, which steamrolled everyone. So if you're using that gauge to judge how good this team is, stop. It's not that good. It's not as good as the 2013 team is, because who is? There are going to be moments in every game, it would appear, where they're going to make you roll your eyes or throw your hands up and be like, what are y'all doing? But I just think if you look at the overall totality of that game on Saturday, you were favored by 24, you won by 22. You, you, You ran for 280, like everything you wanted to see, a fast start by the defense. They got three straight three and outs. The running attack. Trey Benson ran for 200 yards. Uh, Destin Hill caught a pass. Jared Verse had two sacks. The defense pitched a shutout in the second half. Like, everything you would want to see, everything that you're kind of worried about and angsty and nervy about this team that that we've been talking about for the last two weeks, I felt like they kind of addressed those. Yeah. They gave up a kick return. That was bothersome. And especially because we... Watch them do this for 25 minutes every day. Work yeah. on special teams. So that's <laughs> it's concerning. It wasn't great. Um, and he wasn't than that
0: fast looking. Like when I saw the replay on the television copy when I got home, he he didn't look like he was really pushing until he got like across the 40. I can't yeah. believe they couldn't catch up to him. But anyway, well, anyway.
1: it wasn't just that though, man. I they had a if you remember, they had a kick return. What bothered me the most about it, and again, we're not. I'm not starting. This is the last complaint I'm going to have here in the first tiny portion of the no. first challenge first the
0: accepted, core challenge accepted. But
1: um. They had another kick earlier in the game where he kind of almost busted loose down the right sideline. He went to his right, and he got just tripped up at the 25-yard line. And, I, you know, there were a couple times he got tackled with a 15. So I guess that's the risk. But after the kickoff, what did Fitzgerald do with all the other – after the kick return, what did Fitzgerald do with all the other kickoffs? Boom! put him six yards deep. So it was like on those kicks, for some reason, they wanted him to kick it to the four.
0: Not and like I know they do did a Guayo in thirteen, or right? I like have a Guayo like hit it nice and ha- like nice and yeah. high and landed on the two yard line or so. Sure,
1: but I would have thought after the one that almost busted in the first half, maybe and momentum's going against you. I get it, man. Whatever. I just I think in in perpetuity, the best the, the best strategy to me would probably be just to kick it kick it over their heads.
0: Yeah, make them go seventy five yards.
1: Yeah, seventy five yards, eighty one yards. What great, just make them go seventy five yards especially if you're going to cover like that. Um, but again, they do work on it. I'm sure they will be mass improved at that. They have had uh, great kick and punt coverage really all year. Good that punt was return
0: their... by Keon, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so they And Fitzgerald hasn't missed a kick yet, knock on wood. And Master Motto might be the best putter in the country. There's a lot of things going well in the special teams, but that was clearly a, a, a black eye. That uh, was a gross, gross uh, play for them that kind of kept the momentum going, which is exactly what you didn't need. But going back to what I liked about it, it's not just the fast start. And I talked about this on Wake Up or No Wake Up War Chant. This is Wake Up mm. War Chant, everyone. Wake Up um, on the War Chant rap. I loved the way they started, and I really liked, didn't love, but really liked the way they finished. And I think the one thing you can take away from this game, because it was very Boston College esque, you know, well in the sense that you had a big lead, and then the inferior team start grab momentum, and you started leaking oil. But you plugged the ship, man, or the engine. Whatever you do with leaking oil, who knows? But you plugged it, and once they got it to 22-17, you scored two plays later. And then they didn't score again. So that's a positive moving forward, I think.
0: Killer instinct kind of, maybe?
1: Well, that's what, I, that's what we talked about on the wrap, was that I thought they showed a great killer instinct to start the game. And then, as I said, as I termed it on that thing, it, there was a dead fish instinct in the second quarter. That's gross. I'd like to see those go away, for that long a stretch. Maybe, you know, I get that. I, I get that you're going to have bad moments, and you're going to teams are going to go on runs. You're not going to, you're not going to score after every score. You're not going to respond every time. I just didn't like uh, the way that first half ended at all. I thought it kind of it started spiraling, mm. but they got out of the spiral.
0: Yeah.
1: And they they uh what, what do you call it when you're when a plane is descending. Well, they get like a jet wash, and they start spinning, like Top Gun. With Some goose turbulence?
0: Died. I don't know. I'm not, I'm well,
1: whatever they call it, but they righted the they righted the plane. They got out of the spin. Maybe okay. that's what I meant. They get out of the spin, and they, they ended up beating a team how they were supposed to beat a team. So that was good to see. That was another way for them to show they can win a game, a different kind of way.
0: It, it reminded me, oddly, of like the 2019 season, those games against like, I don't know, it was like Louisville, North Carolina State, Syracuse. like They would jump out to these huge early leads. Yeah. And you're like, all right, look at them. They've got this thing maybe figured out. And then all of a sudden the game would kind of start slipping out of their grasp. Now, it, it, it was only scary for maybe, I don't know, six minutes of actual game time this time around. Not, you know, 26 minutes. Yeah. Back in those 2019 games. I don't want to make an excuse, but you're coming off a bye week. Before that, you played a really emotional game against the Clemson team. And, you know, the crowd showed up. Beautiful day in Tallahassee. But that opponent, like you just played Clemson, you know it lies ahead, where you want to go. And that wasn't a great Virginia Tech team. Almost feels like they got bored. And I don't know, maybe they shouldn't be arrogant enough to get bored against the team. They haven't earned that sort of right. But, like, that's what it felt like to me, Corey. And I, I don't know how that manifests itself. How do you, you know... Where does that start becoming a problem during a game, and you let off the gas? But that—that's what it seemed like to me. And that's why I'm not all that concerned. I don't want to say it was a one-off because then people are going to be like, "Well, you said Boston College was a one-off. It's just there's just different sort of challenges this team is going to have to endure. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just at peace with the fact that yeah, everything's not going to look like 13. Like that's that's got flushed out of the system. It's done in Chestnut Hill. Yeah, uh, it's not. But it's we look it, at all these other teams a... playing as you mentioned, and that's what it's going to probably be like. in game on. Let's go.
1: And this isn't that team. Yeah, You know, that was almost a perfect team. Uh, really physical NFL offensive line. The best quarterback you've ever had. Two NFL receivers, including a first-round pick. A great tight end. A defense loaded with all pro guys. Not just NFL draft picks, but guys that went to the Pro Bowl. All up and down your secondary. I, it was just a loaded football and a great kicker. It had everything you would want. And yes, this team doesn't. this team isn't that team. Now, will the offense have similar not well, no, they're not going to average 50 points a game, but the offense at times can maybe look like that for stretches, but it's just it's not that 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 the biggest difference, I think, honestly, I think the biggest difference between that all, that team and this team is the way that team in 2013 created turnovers. So it wasn't just they would get stops and get off the field. They would either score touchdowns themselves or give you the ball at the other team's thirty and it was an
0: avalanche. Negative plays, was, yeah.
1: That yeah. was an incredibly unbelievably talented team. So it's like that's but that's not football anymore. It's certainly not what what great college football teams do, look, I think Georgia looked as good as anybody has looked all season on Saturday night.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, how'd they look the week before? Right. You know, you it it's and that's what I, I I didn't write this as well as I I wanted to in my column. But you know, if Florida State had gone out and beaten Virginia Tech fifty to six, that would have been great to see. You would have all been happy with what you saw. It means diddly poo next week against Syracuse. You know, how Jimbo used to say each season is that each team is its own uh, has a one year lifespan. Right, right. It's like each game has a six day lifespan. It means nothing going to the next game. Just look at these results. Each game is its own entity. So yes, it would have been awesome to see that. It does not mean they're any more capable or less capable of getting to the playoff. Whether they beat Virginia fifty to six or thirty nine to seventeen. You just got to keep giving yourself a chance by winning. Do they need to play better in certain areas? Of course. Do I think the quarterback needs to play a little bit better? Yes. But by and large, the quarterbacks the quarterback's thrown like twelve touchdowns in one pick. And that one pick was in the first game in the what the second quarter. Um, he does not turn the ball over. He is taking care of the ball. He's making typically pretty good decisions. I didn't like the way the first half ended. But other than that, I thought they were fine. And I do want to point this out, Aslan, because I, think, I don't think I've ever seen Norvell – I know I haven't seen Norvell as mad on a sideline mm. as he was in that game. And I quite frankly don't think I've seen him as mad after a game about a certain – uh, you know, portion of that game, which was not them losing their edge. He didn't want to come out and say it, but he almost did say it. He's like, look, if the Azari Thomas interception counts, by the way, unbelievable. Have best you seen the inter- replay? Best
0: interception ever, some might say, Corey.
1: That's what I said, and I meant athletic-wise because I've watched, the, I've watched the replay like five times. He's out of bounds. He jumps back to his left to go inbounds then leaps up and makes kind of an over-the-shoulder twisting catch, falling back out of bounds where he just was, and then gets his feet down. Both, it's the, right? it, both feet down. Yeah. It's an incredibly athletic, um, coordinated, just ridiculous play that hmm. didn't count because Byron Turner didn't cartwheel off the kid uh, when he slammed I thought that was a funny moment in the press conference when Norvell stared me down. Uh, when I asked him about that for a, for a couple of seconds, and then I got all my question question about burst. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so if that play counts, is, is what Norvell's point was. He's like, and you you could tell he was frustrated, but he wasn't going to come out and just say it was a horrible call, which it was. Um, he's like, that game's about to go in a completely different direction, which it I just think it absolutely would have. Yeah. Number one, yeah. they're up twenty two to zero. They get another third down stop, another three and out. Great. The defense started great. Jordan Travis runs for a first down. They call call Casey Roddick for a hold. Um, I guess it was a hold. I don't know that. I never really saw the replay. It certainly looked ticky-tack, and it was also well downfield. Um, And Jordan Travis was already by the guy. But whatever. Maybe it was a hold. The very next play is a deep shot to Ja'Kai Douglas on third and 11, where he gets his shoulder pad yanked. And now you could say a bigger receiver doesn't let that bother him. Well, Ja'Kai Douglas isn't a bigger receiver. And he gets yanked. He gets spun around. He can't catch the ball. Now you got to punt. You were that close. A couple of plays that all went against you. Um, th- from blowing that game up and blowing them out. Now I would like two bad calls, three bad calls. You can handle that better. But at some point, you can also you are like you are okay to say if the referees don't miss the DPI on Jakai Douglas, if they don't call the hold on Casey Roddick, are probably more accurately if they don't call Byron Turner for tackling a quarterback too hard I guess um even tackle him hitting a quarterback too hard as he's releasing the ball then that game might have been 40 to nothing at half Do you uh, you know what I mean like
0: right no I I understand yeah so
1: I don't know if we said they lacked the killer instinct they weren't helped um and then I just the the one thing that bothered me the most it wasn't the defense um the one thing that bothered me the most was the way the offense finished the half Gave up a couple sacks. Jordan looked kind of skittish. They didn't get anything going after the first three drives. But the first three drives happened too, and it was all, and they were awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, one thing I'd like to circle back to it when you mentioned that you know winning fifty to six or thirty nine to seventeen doesn't doesn't change the the goal or your aspirations or what you're capable of. To which, like, I agree on the I guess the spirit of of what you're saying there, but. Isn't it fair to be frustrated because you're coming off the bye week and you saw what this team did last year coming off the bye week to where when they play teams that, you know, whatever, say they might not been top-tier programs, like they throttle teams. It was so much of what the good feeling was about this team ending last season going into this year was the fact that you saw this, this team that was able to play dominant for more or less 60 minutes against inferior opponents and make them feel it that you thought they were capable of, and, and if they were able to replicate that on Saturday, you're not saying, like, all right, now, you know, it, it's, you know, Charlotte's a, a sh- for-sure thing, and they're definitely going to play off a national title team, but if you would have seen that, it's just, all right, they've 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 recaptured what we know they're capable of. It still seems elusive, this sort of dominant ability they have, and, and at, at a certain point, you just kind of become resigned to the fact that they're just a very good football team and not special, I guess.
1: Well, yeah, but very good football teams win championships too. Yes. Correct. And look around the country. There ain't a lot of special out there. There's a lot of very good football teams. Um, there's special players for sure. There's special games that got, that teams play, but there's not a whole lot of special out there. And you're number four in the country. And you just beat a team by, by 22 points that, again, your defense gave up one touchdown for an entire game. Um, so I, I just think overall – you, you walk away from that game uh, feeling better, certainly better than you did against Boston College and probably better than you did even against Clemson, although Clemson was a much tougher win and a much tougher place to play um, because you did see a fast start and you did see, a, a to me, a, a pretty dominating finish. Uh, again, I guess we have to change our terms because I think, and I, and I, have, and I have to do this too because I realize who I'm talking to. Uh, I'm not talking about you. The people that listen to this show are Florida State fans. They know what dominant looks like.
0: Mm.
1: You know, they grew up with, you know, most of the people listening to this, maybe some of them are too young, but a lot of people grew up watching the most dominant conference run that any team has ever had. Like Florida State just didn't beat ACC teams in the 90s. They bludgeoned them in a submission where they just just, they, they stopped playing. They just wanted to get out of the game healthy. They crushed these fools for a decade. So I And then you had the 13 team, which wasn't that long ago. It's a decade ago, but it wasn't that long ago. So when we hear the word dominant, uh, as people that have covered or watched or cheered for Florida State for a number of years, you're picturing 95 or 2013, and it's just not that. But I don't know that it could be that. I just don't know in this day and age if it's going to be that again, um, where a team just completely steamrolls everybody in its path. Good conference, bad conference. Average conference. It just doesn't happen. So, but that said, I thought by and large, that was a pretty dominant showing. They played awful for a quarter. You know, I had people come up to me on Saturday night saying they played great for a quarter and bad for three quarters. I'm like, no, no, no. They played great for a quarter, horrible for one quarter, and then pretty darn good the rest of the way unless you don't care about a defense shutting out an ACC opponent. An ACC opponent, by the way, that had scored 30-something points in its last game.
0: They literally so, had one yard in the second quarter. I can't believe that.
1: That's crazy. That's that's my biggest problem, <laughs> is that nuts. that and, and look I and I want to say this and then I hear myself say it and I watch the game. I want to be like USC has an elite offense. You don't see them have quarters where they just get one yard. Right. But then I'm like, I watched the game Saturday night against Arizona at home did and I it, saw it.
0: Did you say it for the triple overtime? I can't yeah, right. I say that, yes,
1: I did. Which I, I want to get to. Ba- I want to get back. I want to get to coaching decisions and, and the <laughs> later, coaching yeah, later, later on, yeah. ridiculousness uh, later in the in the show. <laughs> but my point being, even USC and that offense and that great coach, that he's great an incredible offensive coach, and that quarterback is one of the best that's ever played this sport in college football, of college football. Man, they they had like one first down, in and Arizona had seventeen points. So even those, so it happens to everyone. Um, I just did. That's that's the one thing I didn't like seeing um, was was how it kind of you know those after you had after they cut it to twenty two to three, and then they cut it to twenty two to ten. You 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 had a three and out. Jordan took a really bad sack, I thought, because I thought he had pretty good protection. And then you come out after they take they score to make it twenty two to ten. You come out and you still have a minute left. Norvell's calling those timeouts to try to get a two minute dr- uh, one minute drive going to at least get a field goal opportunity, and Travis gets sacked on the first play. That was the ugliest part of the game for me by far, rolling over into the way the second half started. But that was about an eight-minute window that was gross. So it's better than the 19-minute window. At least the disgusting, roach-infested, monkey-poop windows that we saw in Boston College, they're only eight minutes now instead of 19 minutes. So they 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 whittled that down, right, Aslan? Yeah. There, that was a that was it
0: wasn't big it, poop, and, small poop. Uh, you yeah, know, and,
1: it didn't it didn't lose them the game, yeah. and I liked that they had to show a response, which they did. Jo- look, man, think about they had just given up seventeen straight points to a terrible team, or uh, I shouldn't say that a, a not good team. They don't look great. Seventeen straight points. Johnny Wilson, who scored your two touchdowns gets hurt on the first play that you have after it's 22-17, and then Trey Benson hits a 62-yard touchdown, and off you go. That's a good response. That's blocked up well. Keon Coleman, Norvell was right. I watched the replay. That's a really nice block by Keon Coleman on the edge. The left side of the line, that was a really good job there. Uh, And also, you didn't have Jaheen Bell. So the whole game, you essentially didn't have Jaheen Bell. He played like three snaps. Seven. Johnny, was it seven?
0: That's a pro-, pro football focus.
1: Did Conrad Hussey really play 26? That's what it says, yeah. That seems too high. I saw that number, and I'm like, wow. But uh, It also
0: said Byers played 40, and uh, Darius played 45, both at right tackle, which is physically impossible because they only played 62 snaps.
1: Correct. Okay, so maybe Hussey didn't play that many. But uh, either way, Bell was a non-factor. Yes. Johnny Wilson was a non-factor in the second half. Keon Coleman caught three balls. You uh, scored 40 points and won by 22. So that's the beauty of putting together a team like this and a roster like this is that um, you, you know, you can have not great games and still overwhelm teams. And I thought that was good to see if the passing game isn't quite as sharp as you want it. If one of your big weapons goes out, well, then your star running back runs for 200. That's cool. It's a good option to have. Not every team has an option like that.
0: Yeah, real quick, just. The substitutions, it felt like they were on that 22-0 run when they had like a certain front five or five guys on the offensive line. Then they started shuffling guys in, and then things started slowing down. And So it's almost a, a bizarre kind of maybe self-inflicted thing there where I don't know, maybe they, they almost started coasting a little bit. Maybe the coaching staff uh, showed that they weren't playing yeah, with the, it's, the right kind it, of edge.
1: It's it's an interesting... Uh, it, it kind of reminds me what they're about to go through because they've gotten, you know, if they make the ACC championship game, that's nine straight weeks of football. Um, and it's it almost kind of reminds me of like a manager in August. May, and they're not sacrificing games, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you, set, you, you risk losing a game on August 1st to make sure that you've got the right guys down the stretch for the pennant race. Meaning... Okay, we've got a twenty two nothing lead. And I and I don't want to comment on the offensive line because I don't know when the when the substitution started. I'll comment on the defensive line though. Uh, they started substituting liberally. Like I think Gilbert Edmond played more in the in the first half than Jared Verst did or close to it. Like I felt like uh they he was on the field a lot. Malcolm Ray was on the field a lot. These are not your best guys. But you're playing for December too. Like you, you gotta make sure you win the game first and foremost. But Tatum Bethune didn't play a ton of snaps. They got Nicholson some run uh, with the game still in doubt. Um, So I I think they're kind of managing that maybe the health of the players by say are are putting. It it feels like a lot of them are on a pitch count almost. Mm. Like we can't. If you want to do what you want to do in December, Fabian Lovett can't be playing 61 snaps in the first week of October against a team uh you should beat and you did beat by 22 points.
0: Like Rob Scott makes sense in that regard, like pitch count, like bringing yeah. him back, but the the Darius like Jeremiah
1: Can you read the snaps because I I really don't know. Can, yeah, can sure. you, are
0: you there? Yeah, who do you want?
1: All of them, like the offensive lineman that played. Right. The the start the starting bless Harris was out. Right. So the seven that rotated in, how many how, what were their snap counts?
0: Casey, 56, uh Maurice 56, Jeremiah 40. Robert, 27, Keandre 22, Darius, 45. Uh, did I miss anybody? I didn't sort it by position. I just have it sorted Dimitri. by. Dimitri. Uh, Dimitri Manuel, 34.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's odd. We'll go ahead and say it, right? It's odd. Uh, but It's unique. It's unique. It's unique, for sure, <laughs> yeah. to do what they're doing with the offensive line rotation. And that was without Bless Harris. Right. Um I can't remember if Norvell said anything about him or not. I I feel like he might have mentioned that they hope to get him back soon. Um
0: I don't think he was asked, but yeah, he was he wasn't he didn't play. We saw um, him. yeah. So w- with
1: with bless, you know, w- add him to the mix, you've got eight guys you're trying to play. There's there's not that many snaps to go around and you just don't see that a lot. I don't I know they're they're, they're all good players in their own way, but maybe continuity but, but again, I, I don't want to say this speaking out of turn because I don't know if the offensive line they had in the fourth and fifth drive was the same one they had in the first three drives when they moved up and down the field. Um, and I also want to point out something I was proud of. That first drive, really the first couple of drives, that's a quick tempo, man. Mm. They were going fast. Uh, they were going, uh, you know, they were going so fast they couldn't even get the punting stats up on the video board <laughs> in time. Oh boy. But uh yeah, so they were going fast. Uh they were it, it, it was it was quick. It was quick passes at times. It was a good running game. Jordan pulled the ball and kept it. All the things we wanted to see, I thought we saw, and you saw in that moment. Cuz look, I know Virginia Tech's not good defensively. Uh they're not horrific. They're not the worst defense in the country, and you made them look like a high school team those first three drives, just up and down the field. 3rd and 7 didn't matter. You'd hand it off and get 12. Or your quarterback would keep it run for a first down until they call Roddick for a hold. But I I just, I loved the tempo that they played with. And then, you know, they only ended up running, I think, 62 plays. But part of that was they had a two-play drive and a one-play drive. Hmm. You know, they they got 85 yards on one play. They got 60, they got 75 yards in two plays. Well, it's 160 yards in three plays. Uh, It's hard to build up play counts when you're scoring at that clip. But that was, I mean, I just thought all of that stuff was good to see. I know it might be like something is just missing and maybe there is maybe there it is, is
0: there and I can't put my yeah. finger on but it. But
1: no. I I I also think that you don't want to just and I'm not saying you're doing this just dismiss 22 point wins.
0: No, 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 no.
1: You know, just again, they weren't favored by 40. They were favored by they they played about the way the game was supposed to be played and like we all predicted the score would be uh, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. And if the kickoff return doesn't happen, and I know it did happen, that's a 40 to 10 game. It's exactly what you would have hoped for. So with that said, I get it that it's not it it doesn't seem as dominant as that stretch last year. uh, This game I'm talking about. But I think that's honestly because of the kick return in a couple of drives at the end of the first half. Other than that, you steamrolled them. You steamrolled them.
0: A little behind the curtain production note. uh, We were going to. Put this in the show where you're listening to it right now. We kind of went ahead with the show and then found out this later. I don't have any details on it, Corey, but you texted me and let me know that Florida State is apparently now down a wide receiver on the roster. Well, what do we know here?
1: Uh yeah, just that Winston Wright uh is no longer on the team and I think that ha- that I don't think that has been confirmed by Florida State that, you know, his his name isn't on the roster and he is no longer a part of the Florida State football team. And he was um, I don't know if he played offense in the game, but he was on the field for kick returns. Um, right on saturday so he was certainly on the team on saturday uh he is not on the team as you listen to this on monday morning
0: yeah don't have any stats listed for him in terms of like even like a snap offensively on pro football focus but yeah he was out there returning kicks and um i mean i don't want to say we saw this coming or anything like that but you know uh, obviously he sustained an injury last year when he got to florida state and never really f- seemed to find his way back into the fold um not sure if this is, you know, more diesel, More details will probably be out by the time you guys have listened to this, but we wanted to make mention of on the show. I just, uh, I, I don't know if he's done playing football or he'll try to catch on somewhere else, but, uh, you know, there's obviously so many, so many options on this team, and he just wasn't seemingly uh, able to become one of the more emerging threats. And it's unfortunate, man, because he was, he was the most accomplished of all those uh, receivers that transferred in here, other than obviously once Keon Coleman got to campus here.
1: Yeah, there's there's two ways to look at it, man. Like, uh, you know, I get I get the, the frustration of being a college football player, and not being on the team. And, and I get it. But I'm also a pragmatist. I'm a realist um, and I have a pretty pragmatic view of this particular case. From all accounts, he's lucky to be alive. Hmm. Um, and it's su- it really does suck that his football journey is, I, I would assume, done. I don't know that. he I mean, he can't transfer again. I don't I wouldn't think I assume he's exhausted all eligibility. And you wonder what happened to the point that he would quit in the middle of October to, yeah. like, really have nowhere to go. I wouldn't think maybe he can get in the portal again. I don't know how that would work, but um, maybe as a
0: grad transfer, because I think he might have done the one time thing when he left West Virginia. Yeah, Maybe, so...
1: maybe. But I mean, we watched practice as and I'm not yeah. this is not sour grapes. This this was not somebody that was, you know, he had a he had about a seven or eight day stretch there in August where I'm like, man, what? And then he it never really, uh, like, he's going to be a player.
0: They couldn't build he's going to be a it.
1: big part of this yeah. offense. And it just never materialized after that. Um, he was clearly behind Destin Hill. And they don't throw their slots anyway. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I get that it might be frustrating. And I, this is all just speculation. But, you know, you're an older guy. You played a lot of college football. You've been a star receiver. And now you can't get on the field. You can't beat out true freshmen. And you might still be in a good deal amount of pain a good amount of pain and maybe getting up at six 30, five 30 in the morning and going to practice six days a week to not play when you're that old and you know, your football career probably isn't going to be what you thought it was going to be. You just want to move on with your life. Maybe hmm. football practice is hard, especially when you're not playing. Um, so I, you know, I, I can see that being uh, one of the reasons, but I, you know, I really don't know. That's pure speculation. Right. Uh, it's a bummer for the kid. Um, this is not one of those good riddance kind of things. I think he was a pretty well liked teammate, um, but you know it's it's. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to kick a kid when he's down. I'm I, I'm just pragmatically looking at this football team. Not a huge loss.
0: Well, it doesn't affect the it doesn't affect the the ability of this team to accomplish its goals. Correct. Like I, ho- Correct. I hope that I just want to make it sound as mild as possible because yeah, there's no reason to to pile on the young man at all. we're not. Hopefully that wasn't uh, perceived in any sort of way about. No, it's just it's it. not a
1: big yeah. loss for Florida State. I just hope that Winston Wright can go on to have a, a healthy life. Yeah. It's great that he's alive, I believe like the... legitimately. And my point, I guess, my point with the car crash is that you know maybe you get clarity when something like that happens. Like you felt you figure out what's really important. And yeah. getting up to practice to be the sixth receiver. On a team. But a really
0: you know, good team, though, Cora. That's the weird thing, I just think. Yeah. More details, hopefully, will probably be about the time you're listening to this. But as we sit here and talk about it on Or Sunday not. Evening, I don't
1: know that nobody's – I don't know. Well, maybe he'll, tweet, maybe, he'll, yeah, maybe he'll tweet. Maybe he he'll tweet a farewell yeah.
0: or, uh, or I'm retiring or something like that. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't mind holding the clipboard. Like, I wouldn't mind being A.J. Duffy right now. Maybe my future isn't Florida State, but, like, my present being on this team right now seems like a pretty cool deal. Uh, but, yeah, to your point, you know, maybe uh, – I don't know. Now that I think about it, I'd rather sleep in. So I I take back everything I said. There
1: you go. You read the point.
0: VitaminEnergy.com, promo code, WordChamp, BOGO, all one word, no space, not case sensitive. You can put all caps if you feel like yelling it, or you can put it in all lowercase if you feel like being subtle. Buy one, get one free. It's what BOGO stands for. Go to VitaminEnergy.com, shake it and take it. All these clinically proven energy shots are under the promo for you to use. 78% of the clinical study participants reporting that the shots were effective at reducing brain fog. 64% felt the shots were great as a mood booster. I mean, they're like not even two bucks a shot when you put the promo code in there, everybody. Take advantage of it. Make the best out of your days. Vitamergy.com, promo code again, we Bogo, B-O-G-O. Will you wear the polo this Saturday, Corey? Or we'll yeah, if I, if I watch it.
1: If I remember to watch it or I'll wear yours, and you'll just go shirtless. Okay.
0: What we do to support the we We'll trade, we'll we trade believe shirts in. like after a NFL game. Okay, yeah. All yeah. right. I like it. I like it. Vitamenergy.com. Shake it and take it. Again, promo code WarchampBogo. B-O-G-O. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Going back and looking at really quick, Corey, it looked like it was Darius and uh, Jeremiah starting tackles on those first two drives and then they brought in Robert and I think they went Robert and Byers for a series and then they might have then I think they then went to uh Robert and Darius. So okay. the, those first two drives it was Darius Washington and it was um Jeremiah Byers. 15-0 I'm looking at right now first quarter. Then they go to Robert Scott and Jeremiah Byers. So Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll get some more insight into. It. We can ask Adam or not Adam, Alex Atkins about it later today when we get the press conference. So uh, and I don't know. It, it sounded like a criticism, and I'm, just, I'm curious more than anything, and I'm sure Coach Atkins will uh, enlighten us into that decision there. Uh, the run game, obviously, something that we've been waiting on, uh, you know, some patiently, some not so patiently, Corey. The fact that you got two big, huge home runs, I guess like in baseball when you're not scoring runs, it doesn't matter how they come. You'll take them however you can. Yeah. Was it like a good thing that it was these big home run hits, or would you rather have seen them, you know, just – Busting off six yards a clip at every single time.
1: No, I liked and and don't forget Feely's incredible yeah. finish to his run. That was a I think it was a twenty eight yard touchdown run, but that was that was an incredible run too. Uh, no, I, I liked it. I I thought that uh, the the one there was one run that Rodney Hill had where I was like, buddy, you had a chance there, and he just he, he didn't. I I just.
0: You've said it a not, few times about him this year. I feel yeah, like, Corey. and but
1: only because I've seen it, and yeah. I know there's more to him than he's shown, in my opinion. These last these last few games, he he's a talented dude, and I just want him to maybe realize that here soon, or quit taking carries away from Trey Benson. Um, and I don't feel that way. I think Rodney Hill's very good. I think he deserves to play, but okay, start playing a little better, man. You, you're you know you're a redshirt freshman now, and I just thought there was a. I think it might have been a screen pass where I thought it might be a touch. I literally said that that's a touchdown to Ira, or that could be a touchdown. And I if he had to cut it back inside. And now look, he doesn't have the vision of Corey Clark up in the press box, Ooh. 10 floors above. I get it. Uh, that's tough. That's a tough ask. But, uh, you know, he ended up getting like seven or eight yards, which was like the least amount of yards. He, it was such a well-designed play. Uh, and he only got eight yards out of it. But overall with the running game, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know how many tackles for loss they had. Virginia Tech, but I I, I felt – you know what? I felt like Aslan. It kind of did remind me of the boss. Sorry, So two of them were sacks. Yes. So out of all the other runs, they had two. I don't know if one was – I can't remember the other two. One might have been – I don't know if they give one. 18
0: yards. The four TFLs were for 18 yards. The two sacks were 16. So the other two TFLs were only for a combined. And I wonder if they
1: were Rodemacher kneel downs. Do those count as tackle for losses? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, Or I know there might have been a a tackle for loss when Rodemacher was in the game. But either way – in fact, I know there was. Um, so it kind of reminded me of the Boston College game in that, you know, even the bad plays got you two or three yards. It seemed like you were moving forward. There was enough of a hole, a little crease to get two or three yards. It's just this game on top of that, always kind of pushing forward a little bit. You'll hit three home runs. Uh, that was that was just really good to see man I, I that was really good to see i think that that last run by trey is really blocked well on the edge on the perimeter there uh by the right side of the line uh i would say who but who knows who was in the game at the time um and uh and i and yes i think by yes you definitely it's a big play offense man this is what this it's what it did last year now the difference was last year i felt like Benson had a lot more what would you say 22 yard runs. 19 yard runs, 26 yard runs. But he didn't have anything over 40 or 50. Well, he just had an 85 yard and a 63 yard. So you know, you'll take that. You'll take yeah. that.
0: It was uh Biscuit and Robert Scott on the left side on that run in the uh, third quarter that uh gave them some breathing room there. So I just wanted to Oh, okay. All right. Pulling him up right here on the fly. Uh defensively. You're doing it. How are you doing this? Uh I got the I got two laptops. One of my right, four man. laptops and I got the For some reason, I feel like the ACC network doesn't do the whole uh, they got the condensed game, but I feel like they were uploading the entire game as well. Like there'd be like the two hour yeah. and the 20 minute version too. I haven't been able to find like the two hour versions. Well, that. no, wow. cause
1: I think they don't drop until the middle of the week.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Please, you know.
1: Sorry, buddy. Yeah. They do still do them and kudos to the ACC for that. We'll give them their props when they're due. Mm-hmm. Um, But they don't drop those until the end of the week or middle of the week. I'm sorry.
0: Defensively. Uh, you know, Al, I keep saying it, Al, I keep getting confused. Adam Fuller said what after the, the during the bye week about you know, the, the whole the cool comment about, you know, we, we play really good when our backs are against the wall. Let's let's stop, you know, waiting for us to have our backs against the wall before we play great. Uh, and I, I don't think it was their fault that their backs were against the wall at any point in that game. But that's something that Patrick Payton said, like, yeah. listen, just for some reason, I man, when we, our backs are against the wall, we play really well. I mean, they, they shut out Virginia Tech in the second half I mean the seven points was from a, a kickoff return. Uh, and they had momentum. They had belief. They had all that kind of stuff in this defense. And all it started up front with Jared Verse, you know, producing at, at what we're expecting him to. And, you know, his head coach said that we get too caught up in that us, either in the media or fans, because he's, he's played great, regardless of what his production has been. But I guess maybe another data point that, all right, the kid had a couple runs. He almost converted a fourth and 22. He almost did, but he didn't, everybody. He yeah. did not. Yeah. Uh, Almost completed a fourth and thirteen or something, but they had a holding on that one as well. This defense, you said it in the in the war chant rap. Contextualize it, Corey. Maybe give us a little bit more nuance, maybe a little bit more perspective on it. You said if this defense keeps playing the way it has, it's a good enough defense to win a national title at least let in me, this season.
1: Yeah, correct. And let me—I guess I—I w- I w- I just thought of this comparison. What would you think of USC right now if it had Florida State's defense?
0: That's a good – yeah, I mean, I am so, so absolutely down on Southern Cal. I'm willing and wishing I want the Pac-12 to do well. Uh, but almost – I kind of don't want them to now because it probably will affect Florida State's path to the playoff. But, uh, yeah, Southern Cal, that defense, it's crazy. It's, atrocious. They, it's look, atrocious. they look athletic. They have size, but they cannot tackle. They cannot get stops. Yeah, if if you paired those these two pieces together like as a Frankenstein team, yeah, that that's like a slam-dunk playoff team.
1: Yeah, and maybe, a nat, maybe the odds on favorites to win the national championship. Yeah. Well, so when I when I talk about this defense, again, I, I just, this offense, and the offense was fine, fine. It was good. It was scored 40 points. It had 450 yards or whatever, no turnovers. The offense was good on Saturday. That I'm judging from a normal bar, not the 13 bar. If the offense can become USC good, which I think it can be. Look, Jordan Travis isn't as good as Caleb Williams. Who is? Caleb Williams could probably start on 25 NFL teams right now. Um, So he's not – Jordan Travis isn't Caleb Williams, and maybe their overall skill players are more talented than Florida State's. Maybe their alliance is better than Florida State. But on the whole, the collection of talent, that offense and Florida State's offense, I think, is comparable in terms of production and efficiency. Hmm. And if USC had Florida State's defense, I think they might be number two in the country right now. I think they would have won every game by 30 points. Um, That Colorado game would have been 70-17. to Like, so the the point being, this defense is good enough. That's what I said on the War Chant Wrap. This defense is good enough for you to win a national championship. Will this defense go and win you a national championship like 21 Georgia did, where it held Alabama to like 12 points in the championship game? I don't know. It's not that good. It's not a great, great unit with 12 first-round picks. But it's good enough to keep teams under 30 points, which is you know saying a lot in 2023. And if you keep teams to 25, 20 points, somewhere in that neighborhood, if you have a good offense, what you purportedly have, a very good offense, you should win all those games. Now, the counter to that, which I understand and agree with, is, um, well, I was going to say they haven't played a good quarterback yet. That's not true. Jane Daniels is awesome. (laughs) Holy moly, is that kid (laughs) so much better than I ever thought he was. Like last year in the Superdome, I thought he was just an average quarterback that could run. Man, that kid is lightning in a bottle. He is a great college football player. Good to him. Great win for the Tigers, by the way. What's
0: their record without him?
1: Or what's their record with Florida State's defense?
0: Okay, there you go. They're
1: undefeated, probably. Or at least that's going overtime. You know, I literally, like, think about them with Florida State's defense. So that's my point. If Florida State had a horrible defense, it would look like LSU looks right now. Mm -hmm. Florida State's defense has done fine, man. They've been better than fine. They are a good defense. They're what we kind of thought they would be. They're good. Uh, so, that that being said, the the defense you, still, obviously, issues. Everybody has issues. But it's good enough. There were no big busts in that game, I didn't think. They had a 40-yard run up the middle by a kid that can run at the quarterback. I thought the I, – and I also think Virginia Tech's running back is a good running back. He runs hard.
0: Yeah, Tuttle, uh, Bashaw, yeah. Tootin. Yeah.
1: yeah, and the they had another one that had a lot of they're they're good man. Those are physical dudes. Oh, that's the Malachi a physical,
0: Thomas kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's a that's a good running. That, that's the first running tandem. The first the first time this year that running backs have gotten positive yards like that. Yeah. And I don't know how much of it had to do because they were they knew they had to defend the running game with the quarterback. But um, it, overall, other than the forty yard run, uh, which which also, by the way, I'm not a guy. Well, yeah, I am a guy that always complains about officials. That's crazy that the 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 uh, the the illegal block isn't called the crackback block. Mm. It's out of control. I mean, it's 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 so obvious. The kid comes from a. I mean, it's just crazy it wasn't called, and that came right on the heels of the roughing the passer being called. But anyway, um, you know they had they had a couple big runs. That kid's a that kid's a tough runner. He might end up being a good quarterback. He's not a good thrower of the ball at all. So that's that was my point. Is like. I was excited about the way the def- I was excited it's not too strong. I was encouraged by the way the defense played. But that kid can't throw the ball. Really? I'm not sure, we'll see. Schrader's better than this kid at throwing the ball, but he's Marginally. no great shakes either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what they do against if if and when they face one, a quarterback that can really throw the ball and how what that looks like. But, you know, th- those kind of guys kind of light up everyone. Um, so the, even still, I, I, getting the playoff, you might have a disadvantage. You might be like, okay, this is our ceiling if you're playing a certain team because your defense is going to give up some yards and points. But I just think this defense is good enough, man. I think this defense is good enough. I think this offense still has another gear to find. It's averaging 41 points a game or whatever it's averaging. It scored at least 30 points and what I don't know what the what is it 12 games in a row, which is the second or I think it's the second longest streak in the country. They, they've done great things. They are a very good offense. Um, it can still get better, though.
0: Absolutely. Spooky season out there, everybody, over at My bookie.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. My
0: bookie. Did My, you do that on your own, or is that. It's from last year. I remembered. it. It's oh, a great, okay. great, great marketing tool. Okay, MyBookie.ag, promo code WORCHAND. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Florida State hosting Syracuse. 17.5 points. Florida State will lay down before the visiting Orange. That seems like a slam dunk to me, which always gets me a little bit concerned. Yeah, um, I mean, Syracuse did not look great against North Carolina, but uh, that's who, being
1: pl- that's being polite.
0: Yeah, who, who am I to judge? Our uh, annual contest is back. Uh, I'm one up on Corey. We're, well, maybe we'll do three picks a week, or we did two last week. Uh, you didn't give faith to Kenny Dillingham, man. Dillingham and the and Sun Devils uh, did cover against Dion and he- company uh, down in Tempe. And then uh, Jimbo couldn't finish the drill against Nick, so 0 no. 2. I whiffed horribly on Oregon State Cal. I think it was over under was 52 and a half. I think they probably combined to score like 90 points almost. So sorry about that one. But uh, Wyoming did indeed cover. Shoot, they won straight up yeah. as an underdog at home against Fresno State. Uh, so Florida State now uh, has a the real FSU with the longer winning streak in the nation. We'll uh, we'll pick out some other games and lay it out for you folks on Thursday's program, our picks. Uh, meanwhile, you can make yours over at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code when you sign up for the first time for an instant cash deposit bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere over at mybookie. Core, this might be a little bit uh, controversial here, but just as a human being, as a contributing member to society on this big blue ball we call Earth, there's a fleeting moment. I don't even know if you could clock it on a stopwatch, but there was a, a fleeting moment of humanity of me, compassion, mm. where I, I wanted the ACC network cameras to stop showing Mario Cristobal on camera. I, I did not want to see a man... Uh, fall to his knees, collapse, and and clutch his chest like Red Fox in Stanford. (sighs) I'm coming home. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, They're still somehow ranked in one of the polls, but the absolute colossal debacle at Hard Rock on Saturday night where Miami had that game won, all they literally had to do was kneel on the ball but opted not to. And I, I didn't even want to go searching for the answer because I felt like this weird secondhand embarrassment almost for them. I don't know what the answers were. Uh, but beautiful way to top off your Saturday to come home after Florida State's victory and then watch Miami. I don't I guess we can talk about strength of schedule maybe on another show. We can just celebrate their demise on Saturday. Uh, Miami's not back apparently.
1: It's uh it was incredible. Um number one it's crazy it was that close. Van Dyke was awful for most of the night. Maybe the Georgia Tech switch of the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, Florida, I mean, good grief. Maybe it kid's going to be, that guy's going to be the next hot coaching commodity. Um, you know, I don't, clearly I don't feel bad for crystal ball and I don't feel bad for Miami fans. How could anyone ever, if you've been around Florida state long enough, you are just, or you're on Twitter, you can't, it's impossible to feel bad for Miami fans. I legitimately feel bad for their players. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they showed the one lineman on the on the the sideline. Matt Lee. He
0: he interviewed with us over on Radio Row, our guy Matt Lee. Well, what's crazy, he's from UCF, right? Yeah, he's from Orlando, from Oviedo, actually. So
1: he's crying, saying, what the F are we doing? Like to no one shouting like it just it was like a movie scene. He was crying like, where's my mom? And uh, he's been there for seven months. Yeah. like I th- when I saw that I'm like oh that guy must be a fourth- year senior he's been at Miami he's put it- he's given through the hard times there' he's like no nah, he's been there for eight months which is cool he's that invested yeah. it's a little bizarre but it's cool that he was that invested that he'd be crying after after a loss like that
0: hey our but, guys our guys propose that they're a fiances after crushing exactly feets, right and, yeah
1: grow up Matt yeah. life, life isn't just about football go ask your girlfriend to marry you um so Watching him, and then I'm thinking about the locker room after the game and what he could possibly say to them because there's nobody on that offense. Number one, what's Van Dyke doing? (laughs) Pull a Johnny Mox, man. Just call your own play (laughs) and say, no, we're we're kneeling on it. The old man's lost his mind. This makes no sense. We're kneeling on the ball, especially after you got away with it on the second down when you should have kneeled on it. But my point being, they got the ball back up by whatever, three, with three minutes left, and they did exactly what they had been working, those linemen and those those running backs, that one running back in particular, what they had been working all that time, the last eight months for, why they worked so hard and lift all them weights, is for a moment like that, and they did exactly what their coaches asked them to do. They pushed Georgia Tech out of the way, chewed up clock, and went and won the game by running for two straight first downs and never giving the ball back. To Georgia Tech. That's what coaches live for. Hmm. Jimbo gets—I was going to be gross there. Jimbo gets excited <laughs> when something like that happens. Like he can't hide his excitement. It's—it's—it it means so much to to coaches like that. And somebody, somebody like Cristobal is an offensive lineman. You put it on your offensive line to go wrap up the game. They did, and you continue to call nonsensical plays. It's just so I feel bad for them. And my bigger my bigger uh, fascination with this now is. It's such a bad coaching error. Like, literally, it's Aslan. I think it's the worst I've ever seen. Like, it makes Jacksonville State look like a coin toss. Like, should you play prevent or not? Hey, eh, you got beat. What are you going to do? <laughs> That's how dumb this coaching decision looks. And how do you coach the rest of the season? Like, what if you're in film and you're criticizing the wide receiver for running the wrong route, which leads to an interception? What can Mario Cristobal say to that young man? Because won't that young man with any kind of, uh, you know, superiority or any kind of, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like any weight, he couldn't carry any weight because wouldn't that young man then just say to him, well, I would know to kneel on the ball. (laughs) Like, I just can't imagine the friction in that locker room, man, because I think you have 85 players that hate their head coach or maybe their whole coaching staff and feel like they were let down. And how does that manifest itself when you got Carolina in six days?
0: Yeah,
1: Like if they come out and play well and win that game, for maybe the first time in my life, I will feel really good for Miami football players. Okay. So because that is a dereliction of duty. It's a fireable offense. It's certainly a suspension worthy. Like he, he doesn't, he shouldn't get a paycheck for that game. Whatever he gets paid. Yeah, he should donate week.
0: that something. Yeah, whatever that game check, is, should go to, helping good in this world is there
1: a kneeling foundation <laughs> like something about uh, prayer maybe I, I don't know somebody that kneels a lot give them a give them that money because it is absolutely um unbelievable it's unbelievable it's and i was at i was at cp and this was the the point i wanted to make so i'm at corner pocket um talking to a friend of ours so i'll tell you about when we're off air hmm. and i'm sitting with bill the owner Crazy, crazy busy night at corner pockets. You can imagine after three thirty game, it's starting to die down. I'm talking with a friend of ours, and I hear Bill go, "What is Miami doing?" And I I hear it, but I'm looking up, and I know they'd already run out the clock, so I'd I'd stop clocking the game once they got the last first down. I'm like, "Well, that's the game over." And and he goes, "Wait, what is Miami doing?" And I see it as they're running another play, and then he goes, "Hey, he fumbled." And then he explains to me what happened. I'm like, why were they even running the ball? He goes, because they, they could have run out the clock. And so we all sat and watched the the final minutes. But my point being, if a bar owner in Tallahassee, who's only half paying attention, has been busting his ass all night, and is only half paying attention, knows that you should kneel on the ball, what are you doing on the sidelines, man? I, it, it is, it, it is they're, like there would be a good explanation. Yeah. But his explanation afterwards is just, so out of touch, and just I, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine. Screw the fans. I don't care about the fans and how mad they are. Think about those offensive linemen, man.
0: That and poor they went running and won back, that game. man. That Cheney. Yeah, the kid, poor man. running like, back
1: that feels like he lost the who, lost the game.
0: Who, poor who by the way, honestly probably didn't fumble. No, but He's it's down, almost down, as but if there's no angle to prove otherwise.
1: Correct, and I'm okay. glad there wasn't because that's what you deserve. <laughs> You absolutely deserve to lose a game when you when you when you screw with things like there's no yeah, point absolutely. to not take a knee. There's no point. And then uh, you jump
0: routes. You jump like a twenty five yard yeah. passer out. Like what are you doing? Well man? now Just...
1: that did remind me of Jacksonville State. Like, let's not give up the field goal. We don't want to give up the game time field yeah. goal. Let's let them win the game on the last last play. That was a Jacksonville State S defensive coverage. But yeah, the, they should have never had the ball. It's yeah. in- unbelievable. Like we thought the pitch to Trayshawn at the one yard line against LSU was bad. Yeah, the... It's new Rockney <laughs> yeah. compared to that. That I've never, I've never, I have never do not think I've ever seen it, Aslan. It reminds me of the coaching Hoosiers when they have a lead and they're milking the clock. They start running plays and, get, and start shooting the ball. It just it may, it makes no sense. And I, and, uh, it's awesome, but it's awesome that Miami fans were that devastated and that Cristobal answered it like he did because that's another episode of Coach Speak we can go into. But uh, the players, man, good grief you let them down. And, I, again, like I said, I blame Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, You're he, smart enough. Yeah, the whole team.
0: Shannon the, Dawson, center, OC, yeah, those... the
1: center should have been like, I'm not snapping you the ball. Yeah. I'm going to take a delay a game. And then uh, Cristobal was like, we should have called a timeout and reset. Man, Brady knows to kneel on the ball. <laughs> My mom, who's 81 years old, knows to kneel on the ball. Don't say, don't act like this is the first time you've had a lead with a minute left and the other team ran out of timeouts. Craziness, Aslan, craziness. Uh,
0: also, you know, Alabama could have done the almost at the same, not the same, but they threw the ball with like a minute and a half left on first down and A&M having no timeouts left. So even like Alabama had a, a brain fart, but not. To that epic level of, but
1: it wasn't kneel down. Yeah, time for it them, wasn't right? kneel,
0: but they could. I think they actually could. I mean, it was a minute and a half. There was no timeouts left, but yeah. But I mean,
1: it, then it must. I think the way you've and I didn't watch that game, uh, so I don't know. But the way you described it, I thought the best time if you're trying to if you know a first down wins the game, whether that team has one timeout or three timeouts, a first down wins the game. The best time to call that play is on first down. How many times have we watch football? It's right. it's one oh eight left. The other team has three timeouts. You run it straight into the line for a loss of one. Mm. Play action on that play to hit a tight end coming out of the flat or something. That's ball game. Yeah. And you know, who did that well. If you think about it, the block at the rock play, uh, the block of the rock game against Miami uh, in sixteen when Demarcus blocked the extra point. Well, Miami still had three timeouts left or two timeouts, whatever it was, with a minute eight a minute forty to go. Yeah. But on second down, Jimbo calls a play action. I'm almost positive. I think Francois actually ran for it. But it was a QB sweep. It wasn't just handed to Dalvin. And that ended the game. So, uh, yeah, coaches were all losing their minds on Saturday. But none, none like Cristobal, man. And I just – i I'm genuinely fascinated by what, what the locker room is like after something like that. Like, can you get it back? Can you win them back? Because if they don't believe in you, if you can't coach them hard – and I don't know how you can look those kids in the face. And if you can't coach them hard and tell them that they're costing you a game by keep repeating the same mistakes – when you have no um, leg to stand on as a coach, when they don't respect you in the decisions you make, that's hard to win that back, man.
0: Yeah. Makes me think about Norvell talking about how happy he was that the, the players took accountability after the Boston College game and film study. Like, guys got like, hey, man, that yeah. was my bad that we blew that. Times that by 10,000. For like, Cristobal has to go in front of these guys and say, like, listen, this that was the worst day of my life that I let yeah. all of you down. There's nothing I can do to ever you know, take away the pain. I mean, we're talking like cheating on spouse, getting caught, begging for forgiveness levels of uh, accountability. Uh, but I don't know. You're too macho probably as a football coach to to do that. By I the hope way, he
1: isn't, man, right? Don't you think that he, would, in the locker room yeah. he's saying something different than he just doesn't want to give, like, ammo to the media and fans? Right. Yeah, yeah. But in the locker room he owned up to it and told them all what a dummy he was. He. That's the only way. They can move forward.
0: You would hope so. Minute twenty-six. Dalvin Cook runs for one yard. Timeout. Miami. Second and nine. DeAndre Francois run for ten yards, uh, and then Dalvin ran for eleven yards uh, with forty-three seconds left. Then Miami called the timeout. Uh,
1: but oh, so they got two first downs in a row. Yeah,
0: then it went bang bang, and then although oh. I don't know, uh, ESPN's play-by-play archive is maybe not as clean. As, as it should be here in, in chronological order. But, yeah, the, the Francois play, that was big on second down. That uh, extended the, the thing yeah. out. I've never seen it, Corey, but I've, I remember reading about it when Kevin Steele was the head coach at Baylor. I think he had a moment where he could have knelt on the ball to win the game or kneeled on it to, to end it off, but he wanted to, like, score a last touchdown on the goal line, and I'm pretty sure they fumbled it. And I don't know if it was a scoop and score, but the team came back and beat them, and then he got fired, like, at the end of that season. Mm. So maybe Kevin and Mario can, can catch up over beers on that one, although they probably don't talk to each other after Kevin had to get let like, go and go back to Alabama. Right, Otherwise, right. across the country, did you watch any of the Red River rivalry, shootout, whatever we call it in our youth? Or yeah, you I mean, I watched it show? up
1: in the press box. Yeah. Um, you know, look, man, maybe that Oklahoma win was better than we thought. Uh, they, they got it all together there uh, after the cheese at ball. That mm. lit a fire under them. But, yeah, obviously, Benable's a very good coach. Um, I know they gave up, like, they gave up like 500 yards, but I I, I thought they played well defensively. Um, and the Gabriel kid missed the game last year, and then he obviously didn't miss the game this year, and that's a, that's a nice win. It's just funny, though. I was telling Ira, like, what a goofy sport we cover. Is like, I know there's a chance they could play each other again.
0: High probability. And,
1: but it's like, think about being, like, a Texas fan. You lose with 15 seconds left to another very good team in October, and there's a chance you don't have a. There's a chance you you won't win a championship because of it.
0: That's the sport we grew up watching. That's, it's that's crazy. The, it's that's, just,
1: but it's also like the sport we grew up watching was different in the sense that the parity wasn't nearly like it is now. Like we we, I feel like we still rank these teams and judge these teams based on. Pre two thousands narratives of what the sport used to be, but now nobody beats the. You've got to play well to beat all these teams almost, and so Oklahoma, who struggles to beat Cincinnati, who's not very good at all, then goes and beats Texas. Yeah. Huge. Maybe Wyoming's good. Maybe I should get quick given Texas grief for uh, being tied with Wyoming. They they must be pretty good, but like Texas, I think is a very good football team. They're capable. Let me put it another way: they are capable and good enough to win a national championship. Wouldn't you agree with that?
0: Yeah. So how many teams in like the top fifty? Like the top fifteen teams? Maybe not fifteen because Louisville's all of fifteen. Them. Like the top twelve teams right now: North Carolina, Texas, Bama, USC, Oregon, Oklahoma, Washington, Penn State, FSU, Ohio State. They can all beat each other.
1: I, yeah, I would say the two that I would say couldn't win a national championship are North Carolina. I could be wrong on that, and USC because of their defense. Yes. But it was funny. How we were talking about like. Uh, somebody was saying to me about, we, we didn't know who this team was until now. I'm like, man, you don't know who any of these teams are. Yeah. Like other than USC, USC has a great offense and a horrible defense. We know that team. Everybody else, it fluctuates. It just fluctuates from game to game, from quarter to quarter. Georgia, when they play at, all, at full capacity, looks like the best, them and Michigan look like the two best teams in the country. Yeah. You would not be stunned if Florida State beat Michigan, would you? No, no, at all. And you wouldn't be stunned if Florida State beat Georgia. They, none of these teams are unbeatable. I
0: wouldn't be stunned uh, if we lost to Oregon, though. Either you know the counterpoint. To absolutely, that too, you know
1: I wouldn't be stunned if they lost to Miami at home, unless you know the team quits, uh, which is a, which is a possibility after that debacle. But yeah, so that's uh, that's why I kind of I keep coming back to. I don't. I guess I don't even really understand the frustrations. I think the frustrations are stemmed from. Previous college football eras and previous good college top five Florida State teams, where you know when Florida State was in the top five for a decade and a half, you know going into those seasons, well they only got to play well in two games really. All the other games they can coast, they got no chance of losing. They're gonna they got three games on their schedule that matter. Well, it's different now. As we saw three weeks ago in Boston, you, you know everybody on your schedule almost you can lose. You can lose at Wake Forest. I promise you, you can. Uh, you could lose to whole, you I don't know. You could pro- maybe you could lose to Syracuse at home. I'd be a stunner, I but you so. it, Pitt, it could I happen. Feel very
0: comfortable now.
1: But you know what I mean. Like every other game moving forward, besides maybe Pitt. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Syracuse and Pitt, North Alabama, obviously. But no all those concerns. other games
1: on the schedule, you could lose. Yeah, that possible. was not the case the last time Florida State was a consistent top five program. You know. Right just wasn't. So that's what I feel like we that's how some the lens that some people still watch college football. And I don't blame them. I mean the last time Florida State was good good, they did run rough shot over everyone. And as the and I think the college football world has changed more in the last 4 years than it had in the last 25. Like it it's it's it, there's never been a 4-year stretch where the world of college football, the landscape changed more than it did like I don't know 18 or 19 till now. Yeah. Um, so with that, w- w- looking at it through that lens, 39 to 17 wins uh, aren't easy to come by. They're not easy to find on any schedule, and five and zero isn't hard, isn't easy to find anywhere. Like there's four, there's 13 other ones out there that are undefeated out of 133 teams. You're one of 13. There's two other teams that have won 11 games or more in a row. So I, I get, I, I get there, there are elements of this team to be frustrated by, I guess, but at the same time. I hope you guys appreciate that you keep winning Yes, and you keep moving on and advancing, hoping for better. I got it. But even if it never gets better, if you keep winning every game by 17 to 22 points, you'll feel good about where you are in the middle of December
0: three in the ACC undefeated. Are we on a collision course with North Carolina does it feel like or Louisville?
1: I don't know, man. What's, what's going to be crazy about this Aslan, because if you guys don't know, Well, you do know that there are no divisions anymore, but Louisville, North Carolina, and Florida State are the only undefeated teams left. Uh, None of them play each other. So there's a chance at the end of the year. I think Carolina has the toughest schedule remaining. Um, But Louisville's, I mean, Louisville almost lost to Indiana. They almost lost to Georgia Tech. They had to come from behind to win that. Like, Louisville can be got, too. This is not an incredible Louisville team.
0: Yeah, North Carolina has Miami this week. Uh, They've got Georgia Tech two weeks after that. Two weeks after that, they've got Duke, Clemson, NC State to end the season. There's no way they go three and zero. I think to end that. that well, story. there
1: there doesn't see, there is a way. Uh, you know, that's not murders murders row, but it would be it would be uh, surprising. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, it, that's
0: Riley Leonard being back by. I would think that maybe like that's when they hope Riley Leonard would be back at their Duke. Yeah, I would assume. But it, it's just a, it's a it's something to uh, keep an eye on. I, mean, I wonder how many ranked wins Florida State's going to have going into that last weekend in November.
1: Don't worry about it, Aslan. I guess, yeah. Just keep winning, buddy. Just keep winning. I know,
0: but you said it's like, you know, we don't go undefeated around here all the time, you know, and that's kind of... Gotta love it, though. We're in the discussion, everybody. It's it's October, though. November's when it really matters being in the discussion, but it's nice. It's Can nice. I make
1: one more uh, coaching Absol- complaint before abso- we go? Yeah, absolutely,
0: please. I
1: think Norvell is an idiot. I think they need to go get Dion. No, I'm just kidding. My, my, uh, my complaint goes to the West coast. It's a game we talked about the USC, Arizona game. Mm. Did you watch it Aslan?
0: I watched the whole thing, man.
1: Me too. So, well, I watched the final, well, the final half. So, yeah. uh, for you, the, those that don't know, uh, USC won in triple overtime. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and for those that don't know, they've, ch- and that includes the Arizona head coach, uh, they <laughs> have changed fish. the overtime rules. Jetfish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it used to be that the first two overtimes were like they have always been. Like you got the ball at each team's 25-yard line. You you know you just kept playing until somebody didn't score or whatever. But starting this year, this is the first year, after the first overtime, it's a normal overtime. The second overtime, you have to go for two if you mm-hmm. score a touchdown. You have to. Yeah. That's the rule. So paint the picture. USC gets the ball first in overtime. They do what, of course, they were going to do. They scored. They're up by seven. They kick the extra point. Arizona then goes and scores. Great catch the kid makes. Right there, Arizona could go for the win and win the game. like Or lose it. I get it. It's three yards. But you have one play for three yards to go beat USC as a 21-point underdog on the road. In the Coliseum, in, yeah. In the Coliseum. Instead, yeah. Fish, who might be a really good coach, by the way. He's done a real – He seems like he's done a, a very quick turnaround with that program. And they, they played Washington really tough, too. Yeah. But he decides to kick the extra point. Which I thought was kind of cowardly at the time. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't make sense. Uh, just It just doesn't make sense. Especially because now you get the ball first in the second overtime. Mm-hmm. And you have to go 25 yards again to score. And because I know the rules, you then have to go for two after that touchdown. So if best case scenario is you have to go for two after your next touchdown anyway, why not just go for two? Right now, at the end of the first overtime from the three-yard line, instead of having to go get 25 more yards and then another three, so 28 yards, there's three, and then Caleb Williams gets the ball back. Instead, you've got three yards to go win the game, and Caleb Williams never gets to touch the ball again. Well, we find out because the camera's on Jed Fish (laughs) as he sends out his extra point team at the end of the second overtime. The the referee then informs him, you can't do that. (laughs) You can't kick. And he says, as you can read his lips, something to the effect of, I think it was like, oh, I thought that was the third overtime.
0: Which it used to be, but no longer, no longer. But dead. I don't know
1: how much Jed Fish gets paid, but I just, I even the Arizona quarterback who was making like his second career start, he's the backup quarterback. After they scored the touchdown in to the first overtime, he goes, why don't we go for two? And, they, and then they know he sent out the kicking team. Well, so do you think, Aslan, would he ever be truthful enough to admit, Jed Fish, that, he would have gone for two if he actually knew the rules. He would have gone for two after the first overtime if he knew the rules that the next overtime he had to go for two anyway.
0: Publicly, no, but in the coach's office after the game, when like the OC came in there and they were just they were like, you know, decompressing. Absolutely, like damn it, man. But I'm I
1: convinced. You know. I'm convinced he didn't do it because he didn't know the rules. Yeah, no. it changed the way he coached, yeah. which is not a, It's not as bad as Cristobal. <laughs> But it's... Low it's, bar it, there,
0: though. Low it, bar.
1: Correct. It's it's almost as agonizingly frustrating and infuriating that these coaches that get paid all this money, and if you listen to the show, you know I kind of... I have kind of a strategic clock management mind anyway, <laughs> or our, our risk-reward mind. It's infuriating that they don't know to go for two in that spot because they don't know the rules of the sport that they get paid millions of dollars to coach. Yeah. As nope. good as a coach as he is, that is absolutely... It's just – it's you can't justify it.
0: And further context, they were up 17-0 to Arizona yes. in this game. And Southern Cal had clawed back, and they were about to set up for, a I don't know, like a 25-yard game-winning field goal in the fourth quarter to walk off. And there was a bad snap, bad yep. hold. They so were like, lucky to be in the game. Exactly. So, like, cash in. Cash yep. in your chips as soon as you possibly can. He chose not to. And also, just like the plays versus players argument. I'm always about having better players than plays. But also it showed you like, having that in your pocket, like a guy like Lincoln Riley, because the third overtime, you have to go for... It, it, it's just two-point conversions from then on. You're not on the 25-yard yes. line anymore. Everything's two-point conversions. They run this whole swinging gate thing, kind of like Florida State did in their extra point. It's Caleb Williams and just the center snapping him the ball, and he's able to get to the pylon because he's Superman and, and contorts his body yeah. in a magical way. Then Jetfish runs out like a a run play where USC's front shifts to the left. Like yep. they literally, like, they're like they know they're running to that side and that's the only play he had available at that point. So sometimes it's good to have some better plays than players maybe. Uh, but then again, Steve Sarkeesian's the best play caller in the country and he couldn't beat Oklahoma. So another week of this. It's amazing. I can't wait. What a sport to we over.
1: cover. It's and amazing. I want to point out that when Arizona was forced, when he wasn't allowed to kick the extra point in the second overtime, and he did have to go for two, they got it. Yes, they did. So that two-point conversion play worked, and if he'd have run that two-point conversion play at the end of the first overtime, USC would not be unbeaten anymore. Yep, yep. But whatever. Whatever, he's still cashing that check. It'll
0: it'll work itself out. It'll work itself out, this, these schedules. Oregon and Washington this weekend in the the Pac-12. So, the, they're going to start Also, I got to
1: say this, too, Aslan. Yeah, that's a big game. Yeah. You got USC-Notre Dame. Yeah. A horrible law, Sam Hartman, man. What's going on?
0: Five turnovers, four turnovers. Incredible. Yeah, but
1: he, I think he did that against Louisville last year. Maybe it was NC State. He had one game last year where he had six turnovers in a game. I think it was Louisville
0: because uh, Louisville had like a – it was their first top win against the top ten team since – Last year against Wake Forest. So. Oh, there you
1: go, nice. So, uh, your your boy Jimbo. No. Oh. So did you see his quote? No, no. So there they he goes for it on fourth and one at the Alabama 19 early in the game. Gets stuffed. He's asked about it afterwards. He's like, "Look, we're trying to get a touchdown there. We're trying to be aggressive. It's Alabama. You you've gotta, you got You got to be aggressive and take your chances. Fine. That's good. That's what I love that about. Uh, that's a great mindset to have." Well, anyway, they, they have a lead. They're kind of out playing Alabama, or at least playing with them. It's a close game, good game. It's 17-17, late in the third quarter, at the Alabama 45-yard line. Mm-hmm. It's They have third and two. I'm only bringing the context up because of his quote afterwards. They have third and two. They get a yard. It's fourth and one. So it's fourth and one at the Alabama 45-yard line in a 17-17 game with you know 17 minutes to go, late in the third quarter. What do you think Jimbo did?
0: Sent out the punt unit, man. Sent out the punt
1: unit, uh, punted it into the end zone. (laughs) Alabama scored six plays later and never trailed again. Um, The point being that after the game, Jimbo's asked about it. And he says, well, look, it was third and two, and then it was fourth and one. And if it had been less than one, we probably would have gone for it. Hmm. And it's just, I I can't keep, I, I, I just keep coming back to this, man. I don't understand how these coaches tell these players, these twenty year old, nineteen year old players, to put their bodies on the line, to, to to work so hard and invest all this time, and then they're such cowardly babies in the gate in the games themselves. Like why are you so scared? Like don't coach scared. And we and I'm not just I'm not I would I would be saying this about Jimbo even if I didn't have a history with him of, of covering him for ten years. It's just impossible for to watch these coaches, these big tough coaches of these big tough men coach like scaredy cats. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. Are you kidding me? If it was less than one, you would have gone for it. What message are you sending your team, man? You and you went for it in the first quarter. But in third in the third in the third quarter, when you're going in to maybe take the lead on Alabama effing bama bridge too
0: far cord bridge you, too far
1: you punt because it wasn't fourth and less than a yard and he wasn't specific how much less jimbo a foot less six inches less was it actually a full yard did you have him get the ruler out 36 inches last complaint and i'm gone i'm not bringing up the punting we can do that another time i'm talking about the punting stats on the video board which are atrocious and they're uh it, it's it's all it's an it's embarrassingly bad video board operating at dope campbell stadium um Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, the measurements, Aslan. Yeah. I can't believe we are at a point in college football where these dudes will just not. They are so in a hurry to point over their head first down. They will not measure anything ever. What are those dudes? Why do they even have chains on them anymore? <laughs> like, how many measurements did you see in the game
0: Saturday, Aslan? Zero. Have you seen one this year? No, I can't recall the last time I've seen a measurement. What is going on? I don't know. I don't know. I... When did this edict come down? <laughs>
1: and who decided we don't measure anymore? Like I, it's it's incredible. It is like you, there's a guy forty yards away on the sideline on a play in the middle of the field who has no real idea where the ball is on a tush push. Yeah, and he's just over his head. First Move down. this Come on, this guys. Way. Keep moving. Crazy how inexact it is. It's a Wednesday All,
0: question for Norvell, for sure. It's a Wednesday after practice question. Like, Yeah, maybe Syracuse not tomorrow. Week. Maybe yeah, not
1: today for the press conference, yeah, but you're yeah. right. I am, I am genuinely curious what happened to the measurements. Yeah. And can he
0: ask for one? Where are the rulers?
1: Can he? Do you think he can ask for one? You should be
0: able to, absolutely, man. That's but I don't good, know if he can. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out on Wednesday, possibly. We're going to go hang out uh, with the coaches and the coordinators at the press conference, 1130, so... Hop over to WarChant.com at that point because Corey will be live transcribing yeah. everything that's being said. We'll have the videos yep. up as well. Jeff Cameron Show one to three o'clock, three two one with Iris O'Fell also up on WarChant.com most likely as you are listening to this. Subscribe, hit the thumbs up. Don't even think we asked for that yet. So uh, do it, please. He's Corey M. Aslan. Thanks for listening to Wake Up War champ Presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.